welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Our text will come from 2 Kings, the sixth chapter, verses 8 through 15. We will pick up 16 and 17 a little later on in this uh, message. Amen. Appreciate the worship, the songs. If you want to have a victorious life, as long as you have Jesus in the center of your life, in your church, in your home, your life will be victorious. It's all about him. It's not about us. Amen. John the Baptist said it best. I must decrease that he can increase. Amen. If we'll just, as the song said, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Take me, use me, do whatever you need, Lord. Just help me to decrease that you can increase. Amen. And keep that balance, keep that centered in your life. Amen. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. What a mighty God. There's nothing like having a relationship with the Lord. Amen. Nothing like it. There's nothing better. Amen. For all our visitors this morning, on behalf of pastors, tied of all the saints here at True Tabernacle, we welcome you. Thank you for being a part of this service. Amen. No place I'd rather be than in the house of the Lord. Amen. But our text says this, starting in verse 8, says, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be, shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved him there, not once nor twice. Amen. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will ye show me which of us is for the king of Israel? Who's betraying me? Who's the inside man? Who's telling my game plan? Amen. And one of the servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha. The prophet that is in Israel telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in your bedchamber. Amen. He's not even here, but he knows everything you're saying. Amen. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my, my master, how shall we do? We're surrounded. We're in trouble. Lord, what are we going to do? Fear to ungrip the servant. Lord, we're, we're, we're compassed by the enemy. 
What's going to happen? What's going to take place? We got nowhere to go. It's just me and you and millions out there facing. Amen. So if you allow me for a few time, for a few moments this morning, I want to talk to you on this subject. The eyes lie. The eyes lie. Amen. And, uh, if you'll put your Bibles down, we'll ask the Lord to bless this word. Lord, we love and we praise you, Lord, and we thank you for a heart and a mind to be here, Lord. Thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for your presence that's in this place, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, today will just not be any service, Lord, but it'll be a victory service, Lord. Lord, as we just give ourselves to you, Lord, as we decrease that you can increase, Lord. Just asking, Lord, for you to touch and minister and to go forth, Lord. Open up our hearts and our minds, Lord. Give us that eye to see, that ear to hear, Lord, that mind to understand, Lord, and that heart to accept, Lord, Jesus, and apply this word to our life, Lord, that we'll not just be hearers of your word, Lord, but we'll be doers of your word, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you touch and touch each and every individual this morning under the sound of the, my voice, Lord. Lord Jesus, by your spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and let everybody say amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you're being seated. Come across a pretty interesting article and just got my mind thinking. I was wanting to talk about war. We're basically talking about war, but I was going to talk about warfare, man, spiritual warfare. And the Lord just kind of shifted things on me. But I was reading this article by Penn and Teller. They're world-renowned illusionists, and going in, everyone knows, if you go to their show, what they're about, that you're about to be deceived, basically. You know, you go into this, you know you're going to be deceived. This is an atmosphere where you suspend disbelief, amen. You know exactly you are in the presence of a scam artist, amen. You know it, and you are determined to catch them in the act. You got your eyes said, hey, they're not going to see me. I'm watching their hands. I'm watching everything about them. They're not going to get me today. You know, you're not going to deceive me. But see, that's where the real magic or the real illusion begins. Even when you know what you're, that you're being tricked, you still can't see that the, what they are doing. Amen. You're deceived. Penn and Teller thrive on that dynamic. They start their act out by showing you exactly how they're going to do this. They, they're up front. They're going to tell you what they're going to do. All right, and it's up to you to follow it. See, they expose their secret, and they show you the other side of the trick, and then they run it again, and still your mind is fooled. Amen. In fact, one of their signature tricks is a version of the cup and balls. It is a trick that has been around since ancient Roman times. It involves a series of vanishes and transpositions as the balls appear and disappear underneath cups. However, they'll do their trick different. They use clear cups and bright red balls. Amen. They're showing it to you. They're putting it right out there to you. Amen. With nothing to conceal his hands or the balls, Teller palms the balls and moves them from cup to cup right in front of your eyes, and the balls seem to appear and disappear as if it were magic. In an interview, Teller explained, the eyes can see the moves, but the mind cannot comprehend them. Giving the trick away gives nothing away at all because we are literally un incapable of perceiving the sleight of hand. Teller's fingers just move too fast. It makes no difference that the glasses are clear. He capitalizes on the limits of our perception. 
He fools our perceptions so that our brains cannot process what our eyes really see. And that's the trick. We take what our eyes can see for granted. Is That's just the way we're wired. We think, you know, we see it, that's it, that's the truth, that's the way it is. We are programmed to trust what we see, what we can understand, what our intellect, amen, can grasp. So we take reality for granted. Reality seems so simple. We just open our eyes and there it is. Amen. We see it. It's like flipping the switch. We just take for granted that we turn the switch, the light's on. Amen. We don't understand the workings behind the wall and what all the details, what all is behind there. We just know that when we flip the switch, it's there. Amen. Our mind, our eyes do the same thing. It's there. I've seen it. It's there. It happened. See, the world is too big and too full of stimuli. We can't handle it all at once. So the brain takes shortcuts, constructing a picture of reality with relatively simple algorithms for what things are supposed to look like. When the illusionist shows us what we expect to see, we reject the things that we don't expect to see. It's all a matter of perception. The illusionist doesn't fool our eyes as much as he fools our brains. Amen. The longer I live for God, the more convinced I become that our biggest struggle is with perception. Amen. You think about it. God placed Adam and Eve in the middle of the garden. Every need was met. They needed nothing. Amen. But they had one instructions. Don't eat from the, the tree of good knowledge. The one thing that he told them not to touch. Amen. And they done good. Amen. Every need was met. Everything they had, they, it was there. They had no want. They had no need. It was right there. But you think about it. They even walked together with God in the cool of the day through the garden God created and had perfect fellowship with him. There was no strife. There was no struggle. They were, they were in a perpetual state of perfect peace. But somehow... That but, the enemy of our souls manages to shift their perception. He causes them to forget all the blessings they are surrounded with and instead see the one thing God has withheld from them. Amen. When Satan says to Eve, you will not surely die, it is an illusion and a half-truth of simple matter of perception. But she bites on the deception. Amen. How many times had they walked by there? Just all of a sudden, they probably never even looked at it. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking this out for myself here. They walked by that, that tree none, probably hundreds and thousands of times, not paying it no attention because they was told not to. But our nature is when somebody tells us not to do something, oh, well, what do you mean? You know, they probably looked at it, didn't pay it no attention, but now all of a sudden they look at it, boy, and it's looking a little different. Oh, man, you know, that fruit does look a little bigger. It looks pretty good, you know, and they're deceived because, well, if I can't have it, but you know what? I'm eating this fruit here, but that fruit looks a lot better. You know, that looks a lot better. My perception is, my, you know, I'm, 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 eating, I'm eating manna every day. I'm eating bread every day, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Man, a blown and cheese sandwich, man, with a good tomato and some tomatoes on it. Man, that sounds pretty good to me. Amen. My perception 
All right? The one thing I can't have, the one thing you told me to stay away, now he gets in my mind and he's got me thinking. Oh, surely you're not going to die if you eat that. And Genesis 3 and 6 is, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, she got to looking at it. And that it was pleasant to the eyes. There you go. That's sin. It all looks pretty. It all looks, looks good. And the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. Surely she knew better. She knew better. Amen. Surely the blessings of the garden outweighed the attractiveness of this one tree. You've got everything laid out before you. You got no want, you got no need. Matter of fact, you ain't even sweat, a sweat ain't even popped on your forehead. You're working the garden. Yeah, I mean, you got it made. Amen. And then somebody deceives you. You know? Oh, surely the blessings of the garden, they had to outweigh it. Surely all that she had was worth more than her, than just this one thing, but she deceived, he deceived her in her eyes. Amen. The old slew-footed devil shifted her lens of her perspective and all of a sudden what she saw overwhelmed what she knew. Amen. It is a theme that echoes throughout the scripture. Amen. The children of Israel having been delivered from Egyptian bondage by a miraculous provision of God, having stood witness to the mighty power of his hand, God having seen them bring them through Egypt, through, through hard times, to their knees, stands just a few hours later, with their back to the Red Sea and the armies of Egypt riding hard towards them. Amen. And somehow they forget the deliverance of God. Amen. Because what we can see, they're coming at us. Oh man, I'm in the physical. This isn't about physical. This is about spiritual. Amen. Let's settle that now. We walk not by power, or it's not by power or might, but it's by the Spirit. Amen. Somehow in the moment of their perception shifts and they fear the taskmasters and suddenly perceived as being able to undo the deliverance of God. Amen. In their lives. And they are feared taskmasters are suddenly perceived as being able to undo the deliverance of God. Exodus 14, 10, 11 says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Amen. They got fear grip them. God, they have done seen all these miracles. Amen. And then they're deceived and delusioned. Amen. Because they let somebody get in their mind. They done seen the miracles of God. They done experienced the miracles of God. But yet here they get into a rough time and all thing goes blank. They can't think. Their perceptions change because fear has gripped them. Because all they can touch is the reality of the physical, the natural. Amen. When this is about spiritual. Amen. About walking by faith and not by sight. Amen. About giving ourselves to God. And let him lead in and guide in us. But we get fear. We let fear grip us because of what we forget what we know because all we can see is what we can see. Amen. And we can't get past that. What we see. 
and we're deceived and we're delusioned. Amen. I can go on and on. Jericho's walls seem like a ma- like massive. Amen. Through the natural eyes, it looks like a city that would was impossible to conquer. The military might and strategic defenses. Amen. The vast fortifications. There was no way that Joshua could imagine bringing the untrained army of Israelites against such a fortress and ever being successful. Amen. But the angel of the Lord stood before him and said, you are looking at this all the wrong way. Amen. This is the first battle. This city is the first fruits and this battle will not rely on strength or skill. Amen. This battle is won in the spiritual. Amen. There's no amount of strategy and fortification that will affect the outcome of the fight. No, this battle will ultimately be won by a shout of victory. Amen. In the mighty hand of God, letting us decrease that he can increase. Trusting and dependent upon him. Amen. See, I come to this pulpit constrained by the Holy Ghost to tell you under the sound of my voice not to trust what your eyes can see because your eyes lie. Amen. Don't look at what you're seeing. Don't believe what you're seeing. You better believe what the Spirit is speaking to you. Amen. It's a spiritual walk. We're, we're just, this could be a victory service this morning. We will understand that it's His power, not our power. It's His might, not our might. It's by His Spirit. Amen. Giving all that we got to Him. Letting Him lead us and guide us. Because every time we get in a situation, we want to take control. But we need to back up and let God take control because the eyes lie. Amen. Because our eyes see one thing and it tells our mind one thing. And then we freak out because, oh my God, this is coming at me. Amen. But when God says, I'm right here with you, this battle is mine. This battle is not yours. Amen. You put your trust in me. Amen. I'm going to see you through to the end. Amen. I come to tell someone don't trust what you perceive or what you think you understand. Amen. Because God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than your ways. Amen. You need to shift your perspective. That which seems so real isn't real. Amen. That which seems so simple isn't much more complicated than you see. You, God knows where you are and He knows what you're going through. Amen. He hasn't forgot you. He knows right where you're at. He knows the situation you're in. Amen. He knows he who watches over you. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. Nothing has taken him unawares. Amen. Nothing can uphold you by surprise. Amen. Nothing's going to come upon you. He orders your footsteps. He governs your ways. And he is in charge of every facet of your life. If you'll just decrease and let him increase. Amen. Let him have his way. I'm here to remind someone in this place this morning of 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. We give ourselves over to God. Amen. He orders our steps. We got to trust in him. Amen. But too many times we get into situations and circumstances and we think, boy, we got to handle this. Don't you handle it. Let God handle it. Amen. I may have put myself in this mess, but I got to let God, I got to seek Him for the answers and for the direction to get me out of this situation. And I, I'm telling you right now, in my lifetime, I have put myself in a lot of stupid situations. Amen. But I know God has never failed me yet on digging me out of anything that I've gotten into. 
whether it's been by ignorance or by knowledge, God has always carried me through. Just like I stand before you this morning and know through your testimonies that God has carried you through a lot of situations, a lot of hard times. Amen. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's always going to be there for you. Amen. The expression in the Greek, amen, of that walking by faith and not by sight is an agenitive or means which dictates that it should be rendered we walk by means of faith and not by means of sight. It doesn't mean that we disallow what we see or that we close our eyes to the problems that have confronted us. What it means is we refuse to accept the outward appearance as final. It's not final. It's not over till God says it's over. Amen. He has the final word. Not me. Not you. Amen. God has the final word. Paul is saying that, it, that his hope and trust is not in the things that he sees, but rather in the things that he knows about God. Amen. We've tasted and seen that God is good. God's carried us through a lot of situations, but sometimes we forget exactly what God has done in our lives. Israel done the same thing. He delivers them. He's carried them around for 40 years and still they murmured and complained every day when God was performing miracles every day. Amen. We can't look at that. We, we don't disallow it, but we just let trust and depend upon God to continue to show us that way. See, we must learn to see beyond what we see. We see through the troubles and trials and catch a glimpse of divine providence at work in our lives. You have to remember we are not living for things which are seen anyway. Amen. We are living for things that are yet unseen. Amen. Abraham said, I seek a city whose builder and maker is God. Amen. The word of God declares, I has not seen and ear have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Amen. We love God and we just let God have his will and way. It's a matter of perspective. How do I look at it? How do I see it? Amen. It's not in the physical. It's in the spiritual. Amen. No matter what is happening around me, know that victory is mine because my victory is secure in the Lord, not in the things of this world. Our time here is just temporary. We're just passing through. Amen. We just got to get in the Spirit, stay prayed up, read up, amen, preached up, amen, and let God have His will and way and carry us through to the end. Amen. Because He's coming back, folks. He's coming back. Amen. For a church. For a bride. Amen. And He's not looking for a date. He's looking for a bride. He don't want somebody that's been playing or just dating, holding my hand and giving me a kiss every now and then. God wants somebody that's made a vow, made that commitment until the end. And no matter what, I'm when the trump of God sounds, I'm up out of here because I'm walking with God on a daily basis. I'm reading. I'm giving this all we got. We got we to gotta dig down deep. We got to dig some wells and understand that this fight is spiritual. Amen. It is spiritual. It's, we're getting beat up on every side. We're encamped and surrounded. But I'm here to tell you, God is right there beside you. God is going to carry you through no matter what. Don't believe your eyes. The eyes lie. Know what you know about God. Trust and depend upon that word. Amen. Trust in Him. Our text tells us of a time when the king of Syria sought to make war against the people of God. He constructed an elaborate plan to ambush the Israelite. 
king and utterly destroy his enemy. However, when he maneuvers his army into place, praise God, and perfectly set the trap, his army of Israel never took the bait. They didn't fall for it. Amen. They had the word of God. Amen. He gathered his forces, laid out the ambush, and he prepared the attack. But the Israelite king never blundered into the well-laid plan. Amen. It was a trap. It was a snare. Amen. And in the spirit, somebody's spirits was spoken to his life. And in his spirit, he understood this is a trap. Amen. The eyes lie, folks. Amen. Don't believe what your eyes are seeing. What are seeing. Amen. See, this happened several times in a row. Every time he prepared to ambush, it seemed as if the Israelite king knew exactly where he was hiding, and he never managed to spring his, his trap. Finally, he became so frustrated, amen, that he called his generals together and said, Who is it? All right? Which one of you is on the other side? Which one of you is the traitor? Which one of you is giving away our secrets? Amen. Who is it? Which one of you is on that other side? I don't know what kind, what kind of response he was expecting. You know, he's sitting there running these guys. Well, yeah, I'm just going to tell on myself so you can behead me. You know, but sure enough, somebody spoke up. Amen. Somebody spoke up. Surely there was things that one of the generals would raise their hand and say, oh, yeah, that was me. Go ahead and behead me. Maybe he was just frustrated and wanted to vent in frustration, but someone did raise their hand. It's not one of us, Lord. What do you mean? Somebody's got to be telling somebody something. He says, but you do have a spy in your camp, Lord, and it's Elijah, the prophet that is in Israel. He ain't nowhere around here. He's back in Israel. Amen. And he tells the king of Israel the very words that you speak in your bedchamber. He's got such relationship with the Lord that the Lord just speaks to him and tells him everything that's going to happen. Amen. He's being led by the Spirit. Let me say this. We need to be led more by the Spirit and what our eyes think or what we feel. And we just need to let God have his will in his way in our life. Amen. To have that relationship. Woo, what a relationship is that? It's that feeling you get when you step into a room and you know something ain't right. That's God speaking to you. That's God moving on your behalf. That's you having a dream at night, amen, and God preparing you and warning you that something's down the pipe. Just prepare yourself. You get ready because God is on the job, amen. You just need to step back, put it in low gear, and let God take you through the mud, the muck, and the mire, amen, because he's going to carry you through, amen. But it was right there that Elijah told, amen, that you might be hiding sending anything from him. Right there, the Syrian king should have understood that he was a beaten man. Amen. He was a beaten man. That he needed to find another foe and there was greater power working against him. Amen. But instead, instead, he says, go and spy him out. <laughs> go see where he is hiding. I mean, the logic is all wrong here, folks. Amen. Let's go sneak up on the man who hears every word that you speak in your bedchamber. Amen. How are we going to go up against that? I ain't going to attempt. I'm getting on his side. Amen. But they said there's no need for that. We know exactly where he is. He's in Dothan. 
So the Syrian king sent horses and chariots and a great host, and there came by night and surrounded the city. Let me explain some things about Dothan. Amen. Now, I'm probably saying that wrong. But the city was situated about 10 miles north of Samaria in the midst of the valley of Jezreel. The area around Dothan was rich, picture land, but the city itself sat on the top of a hill, a small hill. Amen. The top of the hill was about 25 acres, and the land that sat around it round about 200 feet above the valley floor. All right? 25 acres. Amen? 25 acres. It's on top of a hill. I want you to visualize that. Amen? So the Sumerians marched into the valley, probably following the main trading route, and surrounded the hill so that there was no safe way to escape the city. They got every avenue cut off. See, the next morning, though, the servant of Elijah, he got up early, went out, perhaps probably to draw some water, you know, from the community well. And he was shocked at what he saw. The city was compassed about by horses and chariots. The servant knew immediately, amen, why they were there. And he ran in fear to the prophet and said, Master, what are we going to do? It's just me and you. And there's a host of horses and chariots and an army out there surrounding us. It looks like we're surrounded. Amen. Every avenue of escape has been cut off. The situation I can see is helpless. Elijah, I don't know what we're going to do. 2 Kings 6, 16, 70 says this, And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Amen. But you don't understand, Elijah. There's an army out there that's beating down on us. Don't worry. Those who are with us are greater and outnumber those that are on their side. And what does verse 17 say Elisha did? Time out. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Now I'm sure right about there the servant is starting to get a little nervous. I mean, we all value the power of prayer. But at the times like that, we are prone to want to do something. We want action. He's probably thinking, man, we need to, if we're going down, we're going down fighting. Let's grab our sword, our bow. Let's grab whatever we got. Because if I'm going down, I'm going down fighting. You're going to know that you've been in a tussle. Amen. I am not going to go out the way the torch and all that could end. Amen. I mean, all the value of prayer, power of prayer. But at a time like that, we are prone to want to do something. We want to take action. We want to feel like we are making a difference. But watch this. The prophet doesn't pray for deliverance. <laughs> he doesn't pray for deliverance. Lord, send your army. Lord, do this. Lord, if it's your will, see me through this. Lord, I know you're a healer. I know you're a deliverer. Lord, and if it's your will, would you please just answer my prayer? Watch this. Instead of praying, instead of praying for deliverance, he prays for a servant. Amen. And said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Amen. Lord, open his eyes that he may see. The servant must have been like, why are you praying for me? 
Why are you praying for my eyes? I know what I've seen. Amen. His eyes were working fine. His eyes were telling him the situation was hopeless. Amen. His eyes were telling him that the enemy had the upper hand. His eyes were telling him there's no way of escape. And there's some of us in this place this morning, all you can see by your eyes is what your eyes are telling you. But I'm here to tell you your eyes lie. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, again, your eyes lie. There's another sight beyond what your sight can see. You need to look again. Amen. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Maybe I'm the only one here, but I've always envisioned that story. Amen. In my mind's eye, I see Elijah in the valley of, of Jezreel, and the valley is surrounded by the mighty mountains. And I see that the enemy has enriched and encircled the town of Dothan, where Elijah is. But I've always envisioned the horses and chariots of fire in the mountains around Dothan. In other words, in my mind's eye, Elijah was surrounded by the enemy, and the enemy was surrounded by the Lord's army. Amen? That's the way I've always seen it, I think. You know? But maybe that's the light bulb went all this time. I've always envisioned, looking up there, there's that mountain. they got these mountains. Here's the army, and, here, and here's Elijah surrounded. Amen? I believe we often see the Lord. Amen? As that way. In other words, my mind, I, Elijah, was surrounded. Saying, I believe how often we see the Lord is mighty to save, but he is always perpetually far off. Amen. If I can put it this way, I said it to the pastor earlier in the office. We look at God as being the Calvary. We're here in this situation. We're surrounded by the Indians, the army, whatever it is, and we're just waiting. We're fighting off until the, the Calvary comes to save the day. All right? I think we see that vision sometimes. All right? We're in the hospital room and, and we get a, a bad report or we, 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 something's going on with us. We're sick. We're, we're laying there and all we can see is the situation. And we're praying, Lord, I'm asking that you move. God is already in that room. All right? He's already in that room. Amen? And he's there to meet that need. He is surrounding you. He is encamped about you. Amen. Right there. But we have this vision that God is far off. Amen. And we're praying for, for him to come. When all he says, hey, all you got to do is ask me. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm just a mention of a name away. Amen. See, here we are in our crisis, and God is in his mighty host of angels encamped around about us. But here's what the distance between us. I don't doubt that the servant knows that the God of Elijah is able to deliver. I just think the immediacy of the problem seems so much more real than the distant deliverance of the Lord. That's what happens to us when we get into situations. We get sicknesses and stuff like that comes upon us. Amen. As a matter of fact, I think that we tend to read the, the perception into the story. So I want to draw your attention back to our text. It says, behold, the mountain was full. It's a 25-acre mountain, 200 feet up off the ground. Amen. When God opened the eyes of the servant, all of a sudden the hilltop where he was standing got crowded. Amen. And the host of the Lord and the chariots of fire were arrayed around Elisha. 
In other words, they're here. Here's Elijah and the servant and the chariots and the horses and all of God's men are right here around them. They're before the enemy. Amen. The enemy has no way to them except going through God's men. Amen. But sometimes I think we look at God as being far off when God is right here encamped around about us. Amen. And we have to understand our eyes lie. It may look one way. Amen. But when he prayed for his servant, let him see. Sometimes we got to understand we got to see in the spiritual and not the natural. Amen. It seems that the nearest thing to him and Elijah were the armies of the enemy. It seemed that his very well real deliverance of God was a long way off. This is how our enemy works. He fools our perceptions so that our faith cannot process, process, process beyond what our eyes can see. Remember, that's the way we're wired. We believe what our eyes see is real. But faith challenges us to see beyond our perception and the way of God's promises. I want to remind someone tonight of Psalms 34 and 7. Amen. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear Him. Amen. And delivereth them. Amen. God is right here surrounding you in that situation. He's the buffer between you and the enemy. There's nothing going to take you. Amen. He has got you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by God. Amen. It may look like I have no hope, but my hope is in Jesus Christ. The author and the finisher of my faith, my deliverer, my hope, my Savior, all that I have, I find in Him. Amen. It may look like you're surrounded by your enemy. It may look like you are hemmed in by trouble on every side, but you need to take another look because the Lord has encamped around about you. It may look like you're surrounded, but you're surrounded by the Lord. Amen. You may be surrounded. You may don't trust what your eyes see because your eyes lie. The spirit of fear comes creeping through what you can't understand. Amen. Your eyes plant seeds of doubt in your life. They define for you the reality that they perceive that we are hardwired to accept at face value. But the eyes lie. Amen. But listen to me this morning. The perception, the deception of your enemy. Your eyes may not be able to see anything but trouble, but you need to look again. Amen. Because God is right in the midst of your trouble with you. And greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. It might look like you're in trouble, but you look, may look like you're in bondage. It may, your life may immerse in conflict. Your soul may be afflicted. But look again. You are surrounded by God, not by your enemy. Amen. The reality is we are surrounded by God. It may look like we're surrounded, but we're actually surrounded by God. Amen. Romans 8 and 31 says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? God is bigger than your problem. God is bigger than He is not far off. God is bigger than any situation you may face. Amen. And He stands. He's not standing at a distance. He's standing right beside you. Amen. In full armor with chariots of fire. Amen. Ready to take on that enemy for you. Amen. He is not a God who looks so indifferent, who cannot be touched, and the feeling of infirmity. Somebody needs to lift up your eyes, and, get, and He has surrounded you with His blessings and His goodness. God is not one who sleeps or slumbers. He's always on the job. He's always surrounding you. He's always protecting you. But we get in our minds sometimes. We get so deceived in thinking that God is far off when He's not. He's right there. He is right there. 
and the enemy who thinks he has cornered you has another thing coming because he has just grabbed a tiger by the tail. Amen. He is getting ready to hear the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Every time you get into a situation, God is right there. Amen. He is that buffer. Amen. He is right there. Somebody needs to realize God is greater than what you see. Amen. God is greater than your circumstance. He's greater than your situation. You got a hope and that hope is in Jesus Christ this morning. You got a hope and it's in Jesus Christ. Don't buy the lies. Don't buy the deception. Amen. We face the master illusionist every day. Amen. But when, as long as we're walking in the Spirit, as long as we're in the Spirit, as long as we're prayed up, as long as we're read up, as long as we're preached up, we're fasted up. Amen. We're fellowshipped up. We're testimonied up. The enemy stands no chance. Amen. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by God. If you'll stand with me, we'll close. You need to cry out to God this morning. It may look like you're surrounded, but you're surrounded by God. Psalms 121, 1-8 says this. Now we know these first two verses real good. I will lift up my eyes until the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. But this is such a deep psalm. Amen. He will, not, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon the right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the noon by night. The Lord shall perceive, preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. Amen. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from the time forth even forevermore. The Lord is on our side. He encampeth round about us. I'm opening up these altars. This needs to be a victory service this morning. You need to come and pray and ask the Lord to continue to keep your vision and your perspective. You may have lost some perspective. You may be facing something this morning. You may be in a circumstance. You may have gotten a report, been to the doctor. You may know somebody that's going through something. Don't let that affect you. I remember when mom and dad was sick, sometimes like fear would get on us. Amen. Thinking this and thinking that. Amen. But the Lord always moved in and, and calmed the situation. He is fighting for us. Amen. It may look like we're surrounded, but we are surrounded by God. Amen. He is on our sides. Come find a spot this morning. Cry out unto God to help you through that situation. To open up your eyes. To know that He's right there. Helping change your perspective this morning. How you perceive things. God is right there fighting for you. Amen. Let's cry out unto Him this morning. This is how we fight our battles. We fight our battles in the Spirit. We fight our battles on our knees. Amen. We fight our battles in the Word of God. Amen. They're going to sing something. Come and give it over to the Lord this morning.
This is